Welcome to Beyond a Parent, the podcast for Christians seeking clarity for parenting in a confusing world. I'm Chuck Mead. I'm Jeremy Autry. And today is very different. The pressure is on me. I have to be on my best behavior, Jeremy, because my mom and dad are in this room. Oh my goodness. If you say something dumb, your mom's going to take off her shoe and throw it at you. I think so. No, I just have to be very cautious to make sure they don't share too many stories. So don't ask them embarrassing questions because Jeff and Pam Mead are here. Welcome, guys. Hi, guys. (laughs) (laughs) So normally Chuck asks all the deep questions and I make all the snarky comments. But since this is his parents and I didn't want him to uh, try to control the narrative, I'll ask the questions today and Chuck will make the snarky comments. I can do that. Good job. So, uh, Mr. Mead, Miss Mead, thank you so much for being here. Uh, First question. Uh, let's back up way before. Oh, no. First statement I would like to make is good job. Chuck is a great guy. He grew up to be a perfect, wonderful. No. Human. Okay. <laughs> perfect, strong. But really, he's pretty great. Uh, I'm a big fan. He's a close friend of mine. It's an honor to get to hang out with his parents. You guys did a good job. Thank you. And I'm Thank your you. favorite, right? I, all, all my kids are my favorites. <laughs> all of them. That was good. Who's your favorite, Dad? Of the, of the kids. The, none of them. Just the, the in-laws. <laughs> oh, just the in-laws. He okay. likes his daughters-in-law and sons-in-law better that than is, his sons and daughters. That is good Got enough. it. That's, I understand. It too. We can do that. They married well. That's a skill. Yes. It's an important skill. We did. Speaking of, let's go back before Chuck, before the other kids. You guys tell us about how you came to Christ, how you became children of God, and then how you met and um, how you became married. Whoever you want. I did not come from a Christian home. I was an only child. And I got invited to church by a school friend. And I remember in sixth grade in the opening of Sunday school, someone explained how to become a Christian, how important it was to ask Jesus in your heart. I went home and did that. But I kind of had some doubts. And I would say when I went to teen camp, maybe junior high, I made sure. And uh, my mom came with me to a revival service when I was about 12. And just God saved, she wasn't sure she was. And we started going to church together and grew together. And it was really nice to have one Christian parent along the way. My dad did get saved later in life, but for a long time, it was just my mom and me. I love it. So uh, it would be a true statement to say you broke that cycle in your family of not being Christians, not being a church family. God used you to be the catalyst to change that cycle. And then a generation later, here's your son, full-time staff in a church. God does meet things. He's pretty great. He does. Mm -hmm. I grew up in a Roman Catholic home. My dad was choir director of the church, very involved. And I thought about being a priest. I was in seminary for a year in ninth grade. And I taught the ninth grade catechism class Sunday nights. So I was really involved and really kind of a defender of the church. and And then I met Pam. We were both reporters at the newspaper in in town. She was singing in the choir at her church, which was a Baptist church in Greenville, Michigan. And the I wanted to go see her. Uh, I asked when the services were, and I came to her church and liked it and started, I became friends with her pastor there. So I started going to her church and my church. I'd go twice on Sundays. And then I started noticing differences. And uh, I liked what was being preached at Pam's church. So I, but there were differences from what I had been taught and what Catholic Church teaches. There were things that were doctrinally different. So I decided that I was going to find out who was right. 
And that's when I started reading the Bible. I believe I was saved in second grade as a Catholic, but I made sure of it when I was in my tw early 20s. Gotcha. And so is that around the time that you two met, you went to see her at the choir, you were both in your 20s then? Correct. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. I think Pam was 21 and I was two years older than her. Oh, you're, she, you have to be way more than two years old. <laughs> she was the new reporter at the uh -huh. newspapers. The, and uh, she was like, everybody in that town was either um, single or, uh, no, was either too young or already married. So if a new girl came that was single, like, the, everybody would ask them out. Gotcha. Like, so she got asked out, like, many times before, and it took me, like, six months to get up the nerve to ask her out. <laughs> she must have been waiting for you. You must have been yeah. the catch. <laughs> I was, well, he likes to say I was down on men in general. Like, she was. And and I, I had dates from a long time in college, and I remember telling God, you know, if you ever want me to get married, you're going to have to pick them because I have not been impressed with the Christians <laughs> that I have seen. And when we, at first we were just friends, of course, and then when he told me how he felt about me, I said, well, you know, I believe this way, and you believe very different, and I could never, you know, marry somebody that didn't believe what I, you know, think is true. And he said, well, I don't believe in mixed marriages either. And he, that's when he, as he's told you, decided, I'm going to read the Bible all the way through and find out the truth. Wow. I, think, I figured Pam would become Catholic. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't, yeah, that, that's what I, because I believe that Catholic Church was the one true church until I really got into the Bible more. Right. Wow. Well, wow. I'm just saying... She didn't go to your church to see you sing in the choir. Correct. You came to her church. Right. I knew where this was headed. Well, yeah, I'm just saying. It was love at first sight for me, but not for Pam. Yeah, yeah. I was more cautious. <laughs> yeah. It's actually wise, especially when it's a Catholic boy. Good job. <laughs> so you read all the way through the Bible. You believe um, in salvation the way we understand. Turn away from mm -hmm. your sin, put your trust in Christ. Correct. Um, and then you two start dating. Is that? Am I getting that story right? Uh, we started dating in September of 1978 and then but it was mostly just friends at first and then I started that that happened after we started dating okay gotcha gotcha because I went to your church after we started dating right? mm -hmm. okay. and he told me I'm not Catholic and you know I just want to know I'm not Catholic anymore it took a while and then it was a matter of well then how do I feel about him oh. and that took a while because I really wanted to be sure you know and then it was like that barrier was removed so then it was a matter of okay she was, ser she was serenely independent. Yes. Yeah, yeah, she was. Gotcha. So um, how soon after that are you engaged? December of 79. So it was like, we've been dating a year. But it was after he told me. Which was in yeah, the yeah. summer. Was that in the summer, dear? Yeah. yeah. In that summer of 79. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So we've been dating almost a year. And then in Plymouth, they had a fountain. And we threw coins in, and it, we made a wish that, that we would be married by the next World Series, by the World Series of 1980. Was that your wish, Mom, or his wish? What do you think? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like he was still holding on to some Catholicism. <laughs> no, it was just a funny, fun thing to do. And it happened. Yes. Yes. Oh. Yeah, it was the end of the regular season. The playoffs were on during our honeymoon. Day. Somebody really liked yeah. baseball. Well, right. Dad, you have to say what line of work you were i mean you mentioned journalism we were both reporters and i i was a sports writer later mm -hmm. 
for many years. So, gotcha. Yeah. So it was your job to be obsessed with baseball. I already was, yes. <laughs> oh, you yeah. turned an obsession into a paycheck. That's good. That's right. Okay, so fast forward just a little bit. Uh, you guys are married. I don't know how much we're fast forwarding, but at some point after your marriage, you have your first kid. Let's just go ahead and with the big reveal, how many kids do you have and what are their names? Go ahead, Derek. We have 12 kids, six boys, six girls in order. Bridget, Aaron, Jim, Kaylani, Paul, Mike, Chuck, Ron, Shannon, Julie, Jerry, Joy. Six boys, six girls. So they Chuck didn't plan it that way. Chuck's number seven. The number of perfection. Chuck is <laughs> number seven. Yeah, he has six older siblings, five younger siblings, and he's like Goldilocks. This one in the middle was just right. <laughs> That's beautiful. I like that. So, um, your oldest now, age wise, is born in '84, so she'd be 38. 38. And then your youngest, 21. 21. 21. Uh -huh. 21. Years. Uh -huh. Gotcha. So. Um, you guys got to experience parenting through a few decades, mm -hmm. a lot of changes in technology, a lot of changes in culture, a lot of changes in what comes on your television, a lot of changes in what teenagers have accessible to them. You guys walked through a lot of different eras almost. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about the challenges of being a parent, figuring out what's going on with 12 different kids, making sure they're passing their grades and whatever else is going on, plus keeping God and the things of God central in your home. What were, what were some of the challenges that you faced and how did you handle those challenges? Well, one thing that helped, I was able to be home with the kids because somebody had to keep a handle. He just worked a lot. He was very there, of course, and coming to church and everything. But some, I think being a stay-at-home mom made a huge difference, and it was something we were committed to. And um, because somebody had to keep a handle on things, and also when you have that many kids, somebody's going to tell on somebody. <laughs> Chuck was a good informer at times, oh, yeah, not in a bad way. I was a snitch. You're a rat, maybe. No, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and not in a bad way. Not in a bad way. Things that I needed to know at times. But then there were things he got away with too, of course. But um, no, that was important. Um, we always, church was, you know, we always were faithful in church. We were involved in choir and the kids knew where they goes. And we were able to send them to a Christian school, which was great. I think we were in a good spot because internet came on the scene. I'm thinking Chuck was maybe 12. I got a job that I worked from home at remotely and we had to have internet. And he was not happy, but Jeff was not. He didn't want it. You know, computer. My dad computer, still, yes, yeah. my dad still doesn't have a cell phone, and oh, he's wow. very proud of. Aren't you proud of that? Correct. Yeah. I so. see the long cord in his pocket running <laughs> from the telephone, so he can. No, it was. I think it was when we first, when the first one was born, eighty four, and back then it was it was easier. Parents have it tougher now. There's more yeah. mm -hmm. distractions and more temptations. Even. Right. It helps when you have a church that's ba that's backing you up and that reinforcing what you're teaching at mm. home and the school too that helped too because yes. the and when we our school is a ministry of our church so the teachers we already knew and so the kids got away with nothing <laughs> because they were our friends the teachers right, were, right but i remember one time uh one day that was like a particularly bad day when we got like a call from the principal and one or two of the teachers about somebody doing something at school. It was Chuck. 
And yeah, probably. And I remember, um, like that night, Pam and I talking, I said, like 12 children, what were we thinking? (laughs) What were we thinking? What were you thinking? She was an only child, and she never even thought about it. <laughs> so she blamed it on you, right? Then. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And was that a fair? Was it your idea to well, have a I, large... When we were dating, I said that um, I wanted 12 children, and Pam thought I was joking. We we came up with names like for 12 girls and 12 boys. We didn't use them all, but we came up with names. Well, I will tell you what really did it for me. This was my personal thing. So, we, like, people talk before they get married how many kids they're going to have. And we had a number in mind. And we did say it would be nice to have them close together because then they could play together. Mm-hmm. So we reached that number very quickly. What was it, dear? Five was the limit. They reached one in between three, to three and five. Three to five. You oh, reached five rather quickly. Rather quickly. Yeah. And so then it's what do you do? And yeah. so we were kind of praying by you know. Don't I don't not to interrupt, but when we had four, when we had four, the oldest was three. So they were like Oh wow. Yeah, the first ten were all almost all of them were fifteen months apart. Mm-hmm. So they were all really close. Go ahead. Sorry. No, that's all right. Okay. So anyway, a friend of his happened to give him a book called The Full Quiver. It's going to be hard for me to talk about it because it was, it was very emotional to mm-hmm. me. But it talked about a couple who just left it up to God mm-hmm. and why. And they talked, the chapter that really touched me was about, look who's not coming to dinner. And they talked about all the famous people in the world that were like from a big family or from far down the line. And the world would not have had these people. If they had not, he had a big family. Mm. And I just said, I, God just really spoke to me and said, I want you to let me control this. And the premise is, you know, we want God to take control of every area of your life, you know, surrender to God, let him control this. But that's one you don't hear. And I just felt very strongly that God was saying, let me decide this. Let yeah. me control how many kids you're going to have. And we, you know, talked about it. He was fine with it. And we just basically took our hands off and said, God, whatever you want to give us. On and the we, other hand, um, growing up, I found the most best friends, the most loyal and maybe the most giving people were like only childs. And it's, I still see that today. Um, so there's like advantages to both because it's I, when I see some of it like at our church, that's an only child and stuff. They're like the most nice given. It's like they're around adults all the time. And they're oh, it's like they're okay. in some ways it's so there's something and like Pam's an only child. So mm-hmm. th- I think there's something to be said for both yeah. and, and, and in, the, in between. We're big on, which this, a couple of things that you've touched on that worked beautifully for your family, Christian school, stay-at-home mom, and a large family. That doesn't mean this is the way, and anybody who doesn't do those things is doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. We know that God can use a lot of different setups, a lot of different circumstances. Uh, It's not wrong for you to say, hey, this is what worked well for our family. We get that and agree with it. So don't feel like you need to back up or or defend or because it might be perfect for another family to have one kid, yeah, you yeah. know, and God might plan for another family to have a husband and wife have zero kids, mm-hmm. you know, so we can follow God and trust him. He built us differently and has different plans for us and different things work. Right. So nothing you say is, is us saying, Hey, make sure you do it exactly like the meat so you can have an awesome son. Exactly. Like but uh, being number seven, I'm really glad you didn't stop at five. So yeah. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Me too. Yes. I'm glad you didn't stop at five too. <laughs> I have another question about your parenting 12 kids. And we've talked a lot on here about the responsibility of parents to be intentional, to know what's going on with their kids, to put thought into what they're going to allow their kids to do and what they're going to keep their kids away from. And 
how big of a challenge is that when you've got 12 kids? You know what I'm saying? To be present, to be conscious of what's happening with each kid and to have a personal relationship with those kids. Can you guys speak to that a little bit about the, what challenges there were in that and how you handled that? That was tough. It's, it helps to be um, have a good oldest in the family that kind of leads the others, that kind of sets the way a little bit. There's times when somebody feels like they're maybe neglected, not getting enough attention, or you're favoring one. It's really tough. So you have to go out of your way to spend time individually with them as much as you can, uh, which is tough. I just remember doing, you know, homework with kids or, 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 or getting the homework and, or when they were learning to read and it would be like the youngest I'd go first. And so I think I just remember start, you know, a little one-on-one time with studying with different ones and the youngest would get studied first because they had to go to bed first. And, you know, I just, just things like that one-on-one with them. We would talk a lot, you know, coming home about things. I would talk a lot or when they'd be studying something, I remember saying, you know, you know, and it, things would just come up, just being there and talking mm-hmm. with them about things. and. When, when I'd pick them up from the bus after school, mm-hmm. and I'd say, when you say, what happened at school? And they always say, nothing or nothing. And I'd say, can you tell me seven things that happened at school today? And I'd go to each one, and they'd say, no. And then I'd say, can you tell me, can you think of one thing that happened? And they usually could think of one. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, seven things. That's 84 things that right. happened at school today. I, did, I didn't did. share a lot because usually it was because I did stuff I shouldn't have been doing. And I didn't want to get in trouble more. That's but I, I think, too, back when we had different <laughs> moments, like the, when the kid was in kindergarten, it was afternoon kindergarten. So you would take that one kid in kindergarten to school mm-hmm. and then like, Dad would be the one to pick, like my freshman year of college, be the one to drop me off and pick me up. And so we have those distinct memories. And if we had, like, mom and I would listen to some of the same things on the radio. So we would go to some shows together. Um, remember those days in middle school? Me, mom, and Glenn Beck. That's just what it was. For <laughs> That's me. what inspired you to do this podcast. It was. Thanks, Glenn. <laughs> but there was, like, those moments. It wasn't, like, carved out. Okay, this day is this. It was just more natural and whatever it but there were times that you were aware hey this kid's going through this Uh i need to purposefully spend time with Uh him you spoke about that yes yeah it and sometimes it would be like pam would say so and so needs a like maybe you should do something with someone gotcha because she's there my wife is a stay-at-home wife too a stay-at-home mom so there's times that she's more aware obviously of what's going on with the kids and she has to speak that to me so that i can participate. You got 12 kids to adult. Kudos. Just achieving that is a big deal. All kidding aside, that's a big, big deal. Uh, What are some things you did looking back that you're just thinking, man, I sure am glad we did that. I sure am glad this was part of our parenting. I prayed for him a lot. Prayed for him a lot. And none of this could have happened without God. I give him all credit, you know, because none of it could have happened without God. I can remember times saying, God, I'm not cut out for this job. You know, and he would he would remind me of Moses leading the children out of Israel. And he said, well, if I can do it with him, and I thought, okay, you can handle this. I really, I just felt like, you know, I'm like, he said, I'm an only child. You know, some people, oh, they love kids. And it's like, I mean, I love my children, but I didn't feel like I was that kind of a person. And God said, you don't have to do it. You just let me do it. And I just, I'm here, you know, and that just, I, that helped me. And just praying for him a lot. Mm. You know? 
I didn't know anything about um, being a dad or anything. So I, but I really thought my parents were great parents and I loved growing up and I grew up in a big family. That's why I wanted one because I enjoyed it so much. So I tried to do things, just about everything the same way that they did. And the three things that I remember that I, I wanted my family to be, their children to be, was I wanted them to be kind, look out for others and look out for the underdog. I wanted them to be close as a family. And what was the third one, dude? I can't think of it. I wanted them to be close. I wanted them to be kind. Clean. And I'll think of it later. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I want them to be close with each other. Oh, I wanted them to be um, appreciative, like mm. appreciate what they had. I really am glad that they're still close. They always, they're really close and love to be together today and get together, even though they're spread out. Having a strong dad is so important, and he was great about that. And, you know, they knew they couldn't get away with stuff. And backing the authorities at church and at school and not like, you know, if the kid, they got in trouble at school, they get it more at home. Mm-hmm. It just seemed like, you know, how people say, I I, I used to say, um, it seems like they'll never grow up. And I'd say that to people because people say, you know, they grow up so fast. And I would tell people, they're never going to grow up. <laughs> <laughs> That's because you kept starting over. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but what's funny is Bridget was a senior when the youngest, a senior in high school, when the youngest was born. So she's in college now, like second year college. And Kehlani was calling her for, because some, this exchange student from Germany had asked her to the junior senior banquet at college. So I said, let's um, tell Bridget, because she's in college in Florida, let's tell Bridget that mom's expecting again. You know, that'll be funny. And the, um, so we did, and uh, I, I told her, yeah, mom's expect, and Bridget goes, oh, no, no. Like, she was really embarrassed already <laughs> when she was a senior that her parents were having children still, because all of her friends, <laughs> their parents weren't still having children. And so now she's in college, and I was saying, like, just think, like, if you get married soon and you have a baby, maybe you and mom could be in the hospital at the same time having babies. Wouldn't that be fun? <laughs> It's like Father of the Bride Part 2, right? <laughs> but Bridget didn't think that was funny. No, and then I told her, no, I'm just kidding. She's not expecting. So I then she was like almost 50 and stuff. And they had a mothers of young children for people with children preschoolers. And mom was moms of preschoolers where they'd babysit the children and the moms would all get together and go shopping or something. Right. And Pam was old enough to be in the uh, prime timers, the senior group, and the mothers of young children at the, <laughs> the same prime time. Prime timers, fifty-five and up. Yeah, and by could, the timing of the youngest, she could have been in both at the yeah. same time in the in the prime timers and in the mothers of young children. That's awesome. Yeah. That's an amazing accomplishment. Yeah, it really. Not is. anybody can do that. <laughs> I've heard all of these jokes for many years, so you're, you're hearing it, Jeremy, for the first time. But my mom's heard it plenty of times, and I have. So, um, before we close down, I need to hear from each of your most embarrassing Chuck story. Oh, oh, If you don't have one. Or do you mean, like, not embarrassing to you? No, yeah, embarrassing to Chuck. Um, And if you don't have one, just make one up. Or just, like, a a story of Um, when I was bad, I guess. The What was it? You and the, when you jumped up and down, tell that story, Chuck. You tell it better about that you wanted an F. Okay. The kids will So when I was in first grade, when the teacher was getting ready to leave, I'm not proud of this. <laughs> but she said, Okay, kids, 
I have to leave. <clears throat> Who leaves a classroom full of six-year-olds? You know, but yeah. when you leave, um, I'm going to give you a good grade. I'm going to give you an A if you're good. But if you're, if I find out you're bad, I'm going to give you an F. And so when she left, um, I proceeded to stand on my chair, my desk, with some of my other friends and chant, we want an F. So it's not my proudest moment. But you had great leadership skills. There you go. And creativity. <laughs> That's even what we're at going. a young age. Yes. That's pretty cool. All right. So it's a shining moment. Is there anything else that... Oh, did you have an embarrassing Chuck story? That's my favorite Chuck oh, that's story. My, it's now my favorite <laughs> Chuck story. He, was, he wasn't um, malicious. He was fun, and he was funny. So it was hard sometimes to discipline him because you were laughing at the same time that you were punishing him. Yeah, yeah it was more mischievous things. Yeah, right. it, was, yeah it, was, it was fun. Did you go down on the roof one time? Yes, I did. Got out of the bedroom window under the flat roof? Yeah. Oh, I know. Okay, we would have yeah. to make. We would have to tell babysitters. We have to shut the window and say, "Make sure that window shut in the room because Chuck goes out on the roof." Yeah, and so yeah, I remember that. So yeah. <laughs> how how old was I though? Um, you were. I mean, you were five. No, he was. Was he that young? Maybe. <laughs> that's terrible. That's yeah. that's something Wyatt would do You're though. Come on. <laughs> I don't know. Just a boy. <laughs> Just a boy. <laughs> Uh, any other before we um, before we wrap things up? Any nuggets of wisdom for young parents stepping into parenting, or parents like me in the throes of it? I have a middle schooler, a high schooler, college age. Any words of wisdom that you would share with parents that are still in the trenches, actively parenting? I would say your marriage has to come first. And um, yeah, it is because he's awesome. My husband's awesome. And if you don't have that first, that's got to come before the kids. And I think a lot of times when people have kids that they, and it, obviously they take a lot of time, but you've got to work on your relationship. And he was always good about, we would go out or we'd get away for a weekend or you get babysitter. And I just, it's just, you always want to still go on a date. And that's just so important. And if they're married, the marriage comes first. Because the kids are all going to eventually get out of the house, then you're there. You are, and you just—that's just got to come first. So I would say make sure that's first. You know, studies show that kids who come from a home where the parents are still together and love each other grow up to be the most healthy adults. Not the kid who became an idol and became the most important thing in their parents' life to the detriment of that marriage. They grow up less psychologically and emotionally healthy than the kid who saw what real love looked like and had both parents in their home. So that's a, this is, it's becoming cliche now in, in uh, Christian circles, but the best way to love your kid, I agree hundred percent is to love your spouse. hundred mm-hmm. percent. All right. Uh, Mr. Mead, you had well, something deep and I interrupted you. Yeah. Sorry. I, I'll do that <clears throat> later. The advice, but the, um, I remember like when Pam the best thing she could do would be to get away if she could. So sometimes, like, if we could, like, after a baby was born, and then she would be, she was done nursing the baby, which would be, like, after, like, about six months or so, then I would give her, like, a couple nights in a hotel just by herself so she could get away, like, because that's what she needed more than anything else, just mm-hmm. to, um, like, to rest. So, and then, um, for, oh, go ahead. No, but then the advice I'd give, like, for, People like young couples or newly newly married couples, you know, think about children. That if you're thinking like I'm not ready or for to be a parent or don't have enough money or something, you're you're not ne- you're never ready. 
like mm-hmm. we weren't ready, or maybe yeah. Pam. I think Pam had to do a lot of reading for, I mean, she did, she learned, she's studying, but like, I, you're never ready because when I remember uh, when Bridget was born, our oldest, and when I came home from the hospital, and I was the second of nine, so I remember it seemed like every year or so we have a new baby. So when I came home from the hospital that night, and I'm thinking, if this is neat, I, got, I have a new baby sister when my when Bridget was born. And then I thought, no, it's not a sister, it's a daughter. <laughs> and then I got really scared, like, oh, no, like, what am I, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> but so you're never ready. So, but it's like you're you learn as you go. So mm-hmm. that's how you don't worry about it about that you're not ready because that's how you, that's why you have parents to give you advice and friends and people that have been through it already. I love it. I love it. Uh, you guys touched on earlier the importance of a good church, people in the church who were pouring into your kids and reinforcing what you were teaching at home. Mm-hmm. I love that. Um, I love both sides of that, that you prioritize church, even though that meant getting 12 kids to church. You prioritized church. You partnered with the church, but you also saw the church as your um, your help. You were the primary spiritual teachers of your kids, and they were reinforcing what you were teaching at home. There's no way that that's not easy with one kid. That's definitely not easy with 12 kids. But if something's important, if it's a priority, you guys figured out how to make it uh, happen. So uh, if if we're talking to our listeners and we want them to, to take anything away, um, that reinforces everything that we taught in here, that if this is a priority, if the Bible's real, if heaven is real and hell is real and Christ really died for our sins and he really knows the best way for our, us to live our lives, then this is priority and you can make it work if you want to make it work. Mm-hmm. True that. Uh, Chuck, did you have anything deep that you wanted to make sure came out about your parents before nope. we wrap up? It's has been weird, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it's been good. It's kind of like worlds colliding here, but um, yeah, it's just been, um, I've loved this and them coming and just being able to have, hear them. There's things that, from their testimonies I didn't even know until like certain details so it's been really cool for me so thank you guys for making the time on your week of visiting us uh to make this happen one more thing uh i think i talked about this at the beginning but uh i just love i love 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 that you guys just took a stand and you said hey my family was catholic my family was unchurched but we know this to be true we're changing the cycle Mm -hmm. and uh now i get to worship with your grandson because you made that stand. Mm-hmm. So thank you for impacting those future generations. I love it. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having yeah. us. Uh, sorry, I closed my Thanks for listening to Beyond a Parent. Remember, parenting is beyond us, but in Christ, we have all that we need on this journey. Thanks, guys. Peace out. Peace out.